We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, KJ Podcast, what up, my people? I'm a little under the weather. You might be able to tell by my voice, but I'm still going to deliver you the goods. San Francisco 49ers analysis. Promise we're not going to be fighting this time. I've accepted the win over the Seahawks. I've accepted that the 49ers maybe can still draft the right player. I'm not going to be paranoid all offseason. 24-hour rule. We're on to the Chicago Bears. A couple different storylines to get into. Blue Wire is the network I started. Sports podcasting. We're bringing them all together across the country, including another 49ers one. We just launched Chris Biederman's Candlestick Chronicles today. He's the Sacramento Bee reporter. He's been in the locker room since 2012. Chris is very sharp. Excited to have him on the team. Excited so much that the back end of this podcast is going to be 10 or 15 minutes of Chris's debut pod because we're going to cross-pollinate audiences. And I think they have a really good 49ers discussion going on over there, him and Kyle Madsen. So, yeah, this was a little bit of a newsworthy week. Pro Bowl ballots come out. DeForest Buckner is a snub. We can start there. Yeah, it's it's disappointing, but it's kind of understandable. The 49ers are 4-10. and 10. I think Buckner would have had to have 15 sacks, something like that, to make it from a 4-10 and 10 football team. Doesn't feel like the Niners are 4-10 and 10 because they're 3-3 three and three since November, but we got to remember, this defense was not playing good at all in October. Even September, they kind of struggled. So the reason Fletcher Cox made it over to Forrest Buckner, yes, he's a household name. He also had 83 pressures this season, second in the NFL. And then DeForest Buckner had 51. That's kind of a big deal. That's making a huge impact and setting up other players for turnovers, et cetera, et cetera. So the case can be made there. He also is a star player on a Super Bowl winning team. So 
This is a popularity contest. The NFL wants people to watch. They want Fletcher Cox there. Hakeem Hicks is who you could argue that DeForest Buckner should have been over. Um, Buckner named an alternate to the Pro Bowl. He'll be the first one called up if one of these guys bows out, which is very likely given that the Bears, Rams, and maybe even Eagles make a playoff run. Um, Akeem Hicks only had 43 pressures. He was number two in PFF on run defensive score for interior defensive linemen. The Bears have the number one defense in the entire league. It's been the Cleo Mack show, but Hicks has really been a monster on the D-line. His stats don't show it as much. Buckner has a higher sack total, more pressures, but you're going to get rewarded if you're on a team that clinched the division in the middle of January. And we'll see the Bears up close and personal this weekend. We're going to be previewing that game later. But I get you, 49ers fans. Buckner deserved it. George Kittle is a pro bowler. Kyle Juszczyk will be there. And you, you kind of felt that Buckner, especially coming on this last win against Seattle right before the Pro Bowl team is announced, it's like fresh in our minds how good this guy is. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter when he retires. It's going to be a shame if he's not there and he has less Pro Bowls. Last year, he really didn't deserve it. I see people tweeting two years in a row. He had three sacks last year. Wasn't finishing the types of plays that he is this year. He did make the leap. We have talked about his contract situation on this podcast a lot. I love this guy. Number 99, that's a safe jersey to get. The 49ers are not letting him go anytime soon. He's become a leader. I wouldn't be tripping. You know, honestly, like who were the Pro Bowl snubs in 2017? I, I don't remember. The bigger news is that the 49ers have players who are stars who are worthy of Pro Bowlers at tight end and interior D-line. It's not edge rusher. It's not QB, but... Let's say tight end and interior D-line are maybe top five positions in football as you're building a team now. You have guys who are under 25 years old who could become stars in this league. I don't think we're going to see a huge drop-off from either of these guys. I think the, they are who they are, and they can only continue to get better. And that's another reason why Robert Sala's job is pretty safe right now. Buckner came on. If Buckner didn't have that great of a season, you could say no talent has been developed Salah has kind of helped Buckner take that next step, and Buckner himself is doing it as well. KJ Pod, yeah, I'm under the weather, but we're doing this thing. We are potting in my normal studio. Hope it sounds good. I think a huge topic that needs to be discussed, and I've also brought this up recently. Let's kind of go a little bit more into it. It's going to be the biggest topic of the offseason. Do the 49ers trade Nick Mullins? think there's going to be five teams switching starting quarterbacks next season. New York Giants, Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins. Pretty sure Tannehill's going to be on the outs there. Cincinnati Bengals, they're going to have to do something. Stadium's completely empty. They cannot trot Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis back next year. Then Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're going to have a tough choice. Jameis has kind of had a nice little close to the season, but they might want someone to push him. They might want a legit backup. They do have Fitzmagic, but I would put them on a list as a team who could be interested in Nick Mullins. I don't know where I land on this because I said earlier, I'm totally down keeping Nick Mullins, but now as his value starts to soar a little bit, and if he can play well against the Chicago Bears, the number one defense in football, the 49ers are competitive. He throws for over 250. This is a defense who has made Aaron Rodgers look foolish. They made the Rams look bad. If Kyle and Nick Mullins can do this together, 
it really could solidify a third round pick in a trade. It could start a bidding war. And just I'm I'm open to the idea of trading him. I know how valuable the backup is. Let's just get into the pros and cons. The cons of trading Nick Mullins is that it's a myth that Kyle can do this with anyone. He couldn't do this with CJ Beathard. If they draft another guy in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, it's not automatic that he's going to produce like Nick Mullins. Yes, Kyle's getting guys open, but there's rookies who have come in here, a la CJ Beathard, and not been able to process the information, not been able to be as efficient as Nick Mullins. So then you would keep CJ Beathard, then you'd have this guy competing with him. You're throwing a cloud back into the backup quarterback position instead of being confident in Nick Mullins. And then, you know, point number two here, Jimmy G's health. This is a guy who battled a shoulder in New England, obviously coming off the ACL tear. He should be ready to go for OTAs. He may play three straight seasons without an injury, but because he's never been fully healthy, has never played a full 16 games, the backup quarterback position is even more important on the 49ers than it is any other team. Jimmy G just has not proven to be durable yet. That's why it's a con to trade Nick Mullins because of Jimmy G's health situation. And then um, this could be the biggest one. Mullins is under contract control until 2021. And I believe then it's like a restricted free agent. So he's not going to be able to really negotiate or leave. The 49ers have control of this guy. This is why they love undrafted free agents. They're able to keep them for extra seasons for really cheap and find productive players. Um, There are obviously pros of trading Nick Mullins. There is a chance he comes back down to earth, guys. There is a chance that he is the quarterback more against the Buccaneers, against the New York Giants, than he was against Seattle. Obviously, Kyle knows how to attack that scheme. He goes up against it in practice all the time. He knows the looks. And I love Nick Mullins. He doesn't have the strongest arm. There are knocks on his game he's not super mobile I mean the guy was an undrafted pick he's overachieving right now there is a chance that his sample size becomes 10-15 games then his trade value is gone you know I mean he comes in next season starts sucking because Jimmy G's hurt then all of a sudden you could get a six round pick for him or you might be just shuffling in a new guy it's not set in stone that he's amazing guys the people who want him to play over Jimmy Garoppolo, we addressed it last time. It's it's not a question. Um, probably the biggest pro of trading Nick Mullins, and I would only do it if it was a third-round pick or more, is the 49ers need players. They got Fred Warner in the third round last year. I know Akilah Witherspoon hasn't lived up to the hype, but he started at a corner basically for two straight seasons. You're getting a starting player where Nick Mullins might play 10 snaps next season I get that what I just said in the cons that you don't know Jimmy G's health but if Jimmy G's hurt you you're you're not going to be in position to win a Super Bowl anyway you you kind of need other pieces the 49ers only have five draft picks that's not a lot they'll do some maneuvering I'm sure but I don't see them trading any more picks they're not going to go in the draft with four draft picks that's just not enough young talent to infuse into the roster I don't know here. I'm normally very convincing in my takes. I tell you exactly what needs to be done by the front office. I I try and give them some advice. I think three or four teams are going to call. The 49ers are going to be able to get teams in a bidding war. And then ultimately, they might not pull the trigger and say, you know what, Nick Mullins is more valuable. Or they really could say, we can get a starting safety. We can get really good 
guard play in the third round where we're just going to make an upgrade there and we're going to field in the pass protection a lot more than we have. Um, Niners are going to go back and forth with John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan. And I, I mean, this is going to be a big issue all offseason. I just want to call it out now. I put out a poll. I think like 53% of 49ers fans do not want to trade Nick Mullins for a third round pick. 47% understand this roster is not anywhere near the Saints, Rams. The 49ers need to hit on third, fourth, fifth round picks for them to eventually become a playoff contender. That being said, I'm super pumped to watch Nick Mullins. Like I'm excited to watch the 49ers play the Bears. I am not rooting one way or the other. I think it's better for the team to lose if they win. His trade value goes up immensely. The 49ers might realize we're not moving him anywhere. He's this valuable. There's there's a lot of play here, and I think fans are kind of going to disagree on this for a while, and it's going to be a big hot-button issue. Big Dig Nick. Guy has been executing Kyle's playbook really at a high level. Not going to call it RG3. Not going to call it Matt Ryan. It's it's shades under Jimmy G. It, It really is not terribly far off from Jimmy G's production statistically the types of throws that Jimmy G makes separate him from the arm slots as we we discussed on Monday's podcast the other big development reviewing the film and we didn't call it out on Monday Salman Thomas just had the best game of his career doesn't show up in the stats he's not going to be a stats guy which is really annoying but he drew multiple holding penalties that stalled Seattle drives he was getting into the backfield. I think he had a couple quarterback hits. Someone's getting much better with his hands. It's been an improvement in the second half of the season. He's no longer invisible on the field. Nowhere near Buckner. Nowhere near Armstead really in the run game yet. But he's there's a couple flash plays here. He does lack speed. He, he can't really chase down a quarterback. He can apply pressure. And, and get held, and a lot of you are going to be like, are you really applauding this guy getting a couple holding calls? That's a step in the right direction. The number three overall pick, and, and kind of the reason I've been saying the 49ers should lose a little bit so they have an automatic pick, they, they couldn't identify this guy was going to be slow on tape for some reason. He, he is slow, but um, he had a productive game. Let's see if he can do it against the Bears, who don't have the best O-line. My problem with Solly T finishing playing well I worry that John Lynch is going to look too hard into this. He's going to think, oh, he's making big steps. He's arrived. 49ers know they need an edge rusher. I think they need two, even still with Solly T. John Lynch might argue we've got to give him more time. He's only 23 years old. He came on strong. When I think this player does have physical limitations and more of the skill set of a fourth or a fifth round pick. Bosa is going to be off the board. We'll see with Josh Allen. I think he'll be off the board depending on where the Niners pick. I'm going to get into Farrell from Clemson. Polite, polite. I, I have not done the proper research yet on all the edge guys. If it's a forced edge pick and kind of Farrell, my first instinct on him is that he's bulky and a little slow. Like, I wouldn't do it. The 49ers need an edge speed rusher with athleticism. And I'm okay not forcing that pick in the top 10 just to cover up for your Solomon Thomas mistake. Interesting discussion is going to be going on with Adam Peters, John Lynch, about Solomon Thomas to close the season. He just played like the most snaps of his career and looked pretty damn good, and they got him inside quite a bit against Seattle. They're starting to figure out exactly how to use him. It's a shame it took this freaking long, but sometimes draft picks are late developments. 
It's going to be yeah, it's going to be tough. Is they they draft an edge rusher in the first two rounds? Solomon Thomas, his playing time is going to go down, and I think he really does need snaps to develop. But again, he's just not an athletic specimen. KJ podcast wrapping here. Week sixteen been an unbelievable season. Delivered you two podcasts every week. Really enjoy our 49ers banter discussion. Been fun. I don't have to be a beat reporter to really get my messages about the team across. I might be applying for a press pass next year. I might you might be seeing me at a press conference or two. I'm not trying to be a full-time reporter again, but as Blue Wire continues to expand and we become a legit media outlet, I might be back in the room asking Kyle some cool questions. So that's exciting news. Yeah, the matchup with Chicago, there's a couple things to look at here. How does Tavarius Moore look at corner? Akilah Witherspoon, sigh of relief. He's not going to be out for the season. Just a sprained knee. Not that he's a huge part of the future going forward, but you don't want any of your players going through injury, so 49ers are happy about that. And it gets us a chance to look at Tavarius Moore the last two games of this season. Um, the game plan is going to be clear from Chicago. Kind of pick on this guy. Exact same situation as Witherspoon, as Richard Robinson last year. If you have a young corner, just target him. Bears have a they have multiple weapons that they can use. They can split Tariq Cohen out wide. They have a lot going on. Matt Nagy's going to win coach of the year. There'll be a lot of pressure on the 49ers defense this game. And I think Tarberius Moore will find out. I told you he's super raw, and I'm not expecting much from him. If he steps up against a pretty good offense, even though I'm not a Trubisky guy at all, he's he's mobile. He misses so many throws. He's not a top 15 quarterback in the league. That's actually a good poll question. Who's a better quarterback right now? Nick Mullins or Mitch Trubisky? Trubisky can execute Nagy's offense, but it's a one-read offense. Very simplified. Nick Mullins is executing a very complex play-action system and has not looked lost at all. He's undrafted. Both guys came into the league at the same time. Listen, Trubisky is quarterbacking a team that just won a division. He's not screwing things up, but I don't know if he's making the types of plays that they're going to need to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, so I would expect Tavarius Moore to get targeted a lot. Elijah Lee, let's see if he can continue to play like this. Remember, you got Brock Coyle coming back next season, too. That'll be a roster fight to monitor. Really the same thing on offense. You're looking at Dante Pettis. Can he continue to do this? I've been mentioning the Bears might rest starters. It seems like they're not because a first-round bye is still in play with the Rams at 11-3 right now. Bears at 10-4. and I think the Rams have the Cardinals and then they have the 49ers next week. So it's, it's realistic. The 49ers could beat the Rams. Probably not. But yeah, the Rams might be playing all their guys. The Bears are going to be playing all their guys. Uh, I told you at the top of the podcast, we're not going to get into this. But to me, it's better to play very competitively against these teams and then ultimately lose. Keep your top five draft pick. Hold on to that Seattle win as a nice little token from this season. They do beat these playoff teams. I, I want to be clear here. I don't think momentum carries over to September. I don't think because all these guys are playing well in December, it automatically means September they've arrived and they've developed. There's nine months off in between this. There's so much going on. There's new players brought in. Roles have changed. So I used to be on the train. Oh, my God. Finish December strong. Yes, it gives you momentum in January, February. Then the offseason comes, the draft and free agency, and things are completely different. Your roster is different. You bring in new coaches. You bring in new philosophies. So it would be nice for Kyle Shanahan to get a couple wins, of course, but I think draft position outweighs that. 
not going to be upset this time at the 49ers win. I was more mad at Niners fans just kind of acting like they won the division when they're going to ultimately possibly end up losing out on one of the best players in the draft. Still can get it right in the first round. You hope so. I want to bring this up, and it should really be its own podcast, but I'm going to start dropping hints of this now. Why don't the 49ers consider bringing in Scott McLoon as the consultant this offseason? The Browns did it last year. They've got Baker Mayfield, who's now an alternate Pro Bowler. They've got Denzel Ward making the Pro Bowl. The draft class looks extremely solid that McLoon worked on with John Dorsey. Do it here. Bring in McLoon. I don't think there's bad blood between him and Jed York. If not, and you know, pay him handsomely. Give him a million. Give him two. The draft is that important. Bring in an extra set of eyes. Then he goes his own way after the draft. It's not bringing in a person who's going to be a fixture here. I don't know. McLoon may be interviewing for some GM jobs. Now with how crazy things are getting in Washington, they realize Bruce Allen is, might be the nut job and not Scott McLoon. I would bet that McLoon gets some job interviews this offseason. If he's a free agent and John Lynch can be the bigger person, which it seems like he can, and admit, yo, McLoon just has so much experience here. He's been able to identify everyone. Frank Gore. I mean, he's he's picked a Hall of Famer before. He's picked some really good players that Washington has built off. He's obviously missed some too, but I am totally on board for Scott McLoon to be in that room for the whole draft process, be back in 49ers gear. He might not want to. He might be like, you know what? There's bad blood a little bit for me still. Ultimately, I don't know if John Lynch is going to trust my advice, pick the wrong guy. Now it looks bad on my resume. I don't know his relationship, what it was with John Dorsey, but to me... I think bringing in a consultant type is the right move for the 49ers. Maybe not bringing in you know, a new position for someone. You still have Martin Mayhew. You still have some pretty solid guys. Most of the scouts are Trent Baalke holdovers. I know a couple of them. They're good guys. I mean, they're not going to bring in new scouts for the offseason. These guys have just scouted the whole time. But after this draft, they might bring in more scouts. Talking 49ers front office changes. Scott McLuhan, I don't see the downside in bringing him in as a consultant at all. I was really going to save that in January, debut that as a big storyline kind of on a pod, but might as well get this thing out there now. He's a talent evaluating guru who just proved it recently, who's been watching college tape, I'm sure, all offseason. Let's compare notes. Let's have him come in here and pick everything apart. And him and Kyle have commonality with the Redskins being fired by them for really unjust causes and leaking wars and I think those two could actually hit it off it'll be on John Lynch does he want to invite this guy in the room and all of a sudden the 49ers realize hey we need this guy really badly and it minimizes John Lynch's role or is John Lynch so selfless that he can recognize let's add another chef to this kitchen I can handle personalities that's my strength he's still becoming the talent evaluator that he knows he can be John Lynch's KJ podcast, Chicago Bears. I'll still do a recap episode on Christmas Eve. That's how committed I am to you. That's how much content I want to bring from Blue Wire. We're going to be starting our social media channels in January, hiring a couple bloggers, video people. We're going to be going pedal to the metal. We're almost up to 100,000 downloads per month. We really haven't been marketing this at all. We're just organically doing it on Twitter. Been incredible rise. Chris Biederman. He and I were buds back when I was in the media, back when in the media room. Great writer, great reporter. 
Had a nice little scoop that Joe Staley will not be retiring next season. And I want to introduce him to those of you who don't know him, those of you who do. Candlestick Chronicles. Let's tee up, I don't know, maybe even 10 minutes of their podcast here. Show you what it's about. Rate and subscribe his. Rate and subscribe mine. I'm kind of low on ratings. Can you please give this five stars? Let's get that over 100 to 200 ratings in the next year. I love the faithful. I love 49ers fans. Sorry we kind of went through a little rough patch. Some of you jumped off my bandwagon. I think the total count was 20 unfollowed me from the comments I made about losing to Seattle. Would have been a better thing. We're over that. And now we're going to toss it to Candlestick Chronicles and just um, we'll piece it out from there. Everyone have a good Christmas. I'll talk to you again after the Bears game on Christmas Eve. Peace. So let's talk about the draft real quick because I think the natural thing that everyone wants to do is look at a team's biggest need and say, okay, that's how that's how you have to address your your first round pick is is filling that need. And presumably it's edge rusher. And I think at number three, the Niners, with the exception of Nick Bosa, are are gonna have their their choice um, at any of those guys. And and we're gonna dive into those guys a lot more in depth closer to the draft. But just from a needs perspective, I, I'm of the mind that you take the best player available no matter what. And and I was saying last year, um, before Mike McGlinchey really came on the radar late, uh, I was a big Derwin James guy because I thought, you know, despite the 49ers getting good safety play from Jaquaski Tart and Adrian Colbert, I just thought Derwin James is, is might be a generational type talent, and I think he's proven to be that type of player. And you look at Jaquaski Tart's injury issues and, and Adrian Colbert's regression, Derwin James would be a really nice piece to have. And that's not to say the McGlinchey pick was bad, but it sort of is an example of why you take just the best player on your board and figure out needs later. Needs can change. You know, someone can to suffer an injury during a mini camp practice, and then all of a sudden you have a need that wasn't a need before. So when you're when you're adding a first round pick, a guy who's going to be on your team for five years, you really just got to throw need out the window and take the best available guy. That being said, I mean, I I, I think the 49ers could go linebacker early on. The kid from LSU, they the the, uh, the corner from LSU too, Greedy Williams is is a guy who would make some sense depending name, on way. great name. Great name. Like on a on a on a scouting scale of one to ten, or maybe one to five. Is one to five the scouting scale? What's what's Greedy Williams' name? Five, especially for like, five. Like the name itself, like Greedy Williams in a vacuum is dynamite. But Greedy Williams, the cornerback, yeah, give me that all day. That's a five. That's an easy five. Yeah, he. He's got to be the best smack talker in the draft, right? Like, I don't know anything about Greedy Williams, but I would assume just because his name's Greedy Williams, he's he's far and away the best trash talker in this draft. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm totally with you. I know nothing about his personality. He might be one of those like just humble, keeps his head down, and goes and goes about his game. But no, I I guarantee he talks just oodles of smack. Okay, so we're in agreement that you know it's not. There's a very there's a very high probability that they do end up with an edge rusher with that first pick, yeah. but I would just I would just caution everybody that you can get good players and really help your roster even if you're not addressing an apparent need right off the bat. Um, so you know, and and we saw last year with Mike McGlinchey, the, the Niners had Trent Brown, who was a who was a capable right tackle, obviously really good in pass protection and, and struggled a little bit in the running game, but. 
right tackle wasn't a need and the Niners took McGlinchey and it wound up being a really good pick for them. So let's not, let's not pigeonhole the 49ers for an edge rusher yet. Although I will say there's probably going to be six to eight or nine guys that, you know, edge rushers that could go in the first round. And maybe we see the 49ers trade back and they have multiple first round picks uh, and they address the defense with, you know, with more than one pick, or maybe they stand pat. Uh, they, they have a t- ton of different directions they could go. But, but I guess my whole thesis of, of this mini rant is, is that don't pigeonhole the 49ers for edge rushers, because at this point they just need elite players and they shouldn't ignore those players. If, you know, if they have needs, immediate needs elsewhere. The one thing I will say is, and, and you mentioned injuries, and especially with this team this year, just how many they've suffered at so many key spots, um, especially at, you know, at quarterback and at running back and in their secondary, they've been shuffling guys. So I, I'm totally with you on building that depth because you never know and you just need good players on your roster. Uh, we, we see teams, we've seen a ton of teams do that over the last couple of years where they just stack up good players and, and you figure it out. I mean, that's what these guys do, but I will say with the 49ers and with their roster in particular, I do think an edge rusher, a, a game wrecker. I, that's the phrase that's being used, right? Game wrecker is <laughs> <laughs> that type of player. I think enhances a lot of what they have defensively. No question. And no question. by adding an edge rusher who can make an impact at that position, you're making life easier on your cornerbacks and your safeties. And suddenly, um, Akello Witherspoon was getting beat deep. Now he's not because he needs to cover for three fewer seconds. And, and I think I think that's where when and that's when you have to. I agree with what you said, but at the same time, I really think an edge rusher has to be their top need because of what else it can do for their defense. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying ignore it altogether. I'm just saying, you know, they might be able to trade back, get a really good player at another position, get a really good cornerback or get a really good safety and then find an edge rusher in the second round. I mean, there, there are more than there's more than one way to skin a cat, and we don't know, you know, what things are going to look like in free agency. And as the offseason gets here, we're going to go in depth on, on you know, free agents that we both think the Niners should target, things like that. This is just going to be a broad discussion about, you know, sort of what the philosophy is to to team building this offseason. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and and I, I'm also of the mind, despite everything I just said about you know not pigeonholing them to need an edge rusher. I, I do think the edge rusher is the most important position yeah. on the defense, and and it, it can have it can mask a lot of your issues. And that's one thing that Kyle Shanahan said earlier this off or earlier this season when asked specifically about what an edge rusher can do. I mean, he said it's a quarterback on offense and it's an edge rusher on defense, and. You know, we saw it with Alden Smith in 2011. The Niners were a relatively solid defense in 2010 Mm -hmm. that had a lot of solid and good players. It it wasn't a complete defense, but it was a solid defense. And they sort of had some of the the same issues that they have now in in that they couldn't turn the ball over. They didn't get a ton of sacks, but they they were decent in terms of yardage and efficiency and things like that. And then they got Alden Smith, who came in and had 19 and a half sacks. And then they went from, you know, a, a 
good defense to an elite defense. And obviously a lot more went into it than just the Alden Smith edition. Vic Fangio, as a coordinator, who's coming to, to Levi Stadium this weekend with the Bears, uh, obviously is an elite coordinator, and that had a lot to do with it too. But just just having that presence off the edge, out of the quarterback's periphery, that that is a huge thing. And, and we've seen it with Khalil Mack and, and the Bears. And so, yeah, I do agree with you. But if you take that guy, if you take an edge rusher, you make sure you get the right one. Don't take one just to take one uh, because, you know, the Niners really needed a receiver in 2012, and they took one just to took one, and A.J. Jenkins did not work out. So, and, I, and, and you know, I, I'm not saying any of these top five guys are, are, have serious bust potential like that. I, I haven't looked. I haven't watched these guys yet. That's, that's what January and February and March is going to be all about. But, you know, just don't take a guy just to take a guy. Make sure you take the right guy. And it's, it's easy for me to say, you know, sitting in my bedroom with a headset on talking on a podcast. I'm, I'm not actually in there. But that's yeah. Just to real quick, put some gonna put some numbers to what you said in 2010 before Alden Smith got there. Uh, the 49ers were 16th in points allowed, 13th in yards, and 15th in turnover differential. <laughs> in Alden Smith's first year, they went to second in points, fourth in yards, first in turnover differential, then second, third, and eighth, third, fifth, and fourth. That was the next three years, um, and I, I think that corresponds directly with with the impact they got off the edge. You just totally validated I think, my argument. And we can get more into this once the draft order is finalized, but you mentioned trading back earlier. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.